Section 15 of Abe and Morris. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Abe and Morris. Being Further Adventures of Potash and Perlmutter by Montague Glass. Section 15. Chapter 11. Man Proposes. Ain't it terrible a strong, healthy young fellow should go off like that? Abe Potash remarked, as he and his partner sat in their showroom one spring morning. I gave him my word I was sitting over in Hammersmith, so close to him as I am to you, Morris, when it happened. Was there much excitement? Morris asked. I bet you there was excitement, Abe exclaimed. Hammersmith sends across the street for a doctor, and you ought to see Leon Samet the way he acted. For God's sake, doctor, he says. Couldn't you do nothing for him, he says. He's got a wife and family, he says. And we shipped him $2,000 goods only last Saturday. Did they? Morris asked. How should I know? Abe said. Sam is such a liar, Morris. He couldn't tell the truth no matter how surprised he'd be. But one thing is sure, Morris. Gladstein did owe Samet Brothers for a big bill of goods, and the widow paid them out of the insurance. Could she do that when the fellow leaves a family, Abe? Morris inquired. The fellow didn't leave no family, Morris, Abe answered. Leon Samet just takes a chance when he said that to the doctor. As a matter of fact, Morris, Gladstein is one of them fellas, which ain't got a relation in the world. Mrs. Gladstein neither, except in Rusland. That's the way it goes, Morris. A fellow which he's got so many cousins and uncles, and he gets right as cramp already, endorsing accommodation paper for him, understand me? Lives to be an old man yet. And all the time his relations and his wife's relations is piling up on him, while a man like Gladstein, which you could really say has a chance to enjoy life, Morris, has got to die. Morris nodded. Don't I know it, he commented. And I suppose the widow sells out the store. Also her stuck, Abe said. She's still running the store and making a fair success of it, too. Is that so? Morris replied. Well, then. Why couldn't we get some of her trade, Abe? Bridgetown ain't so far away from here. Why don't you take a run over there some time and see what you can do with her? Might you could sell her some goods, maybe? Yeah, Abe exclaimed derisively. We couldn't sell that woman goods. Not if we was to let her have them for the price of the findings, Morris. She's got an idea that she's getting stuck unless we would buy goods from the same concerns that sold Gladstein. Well, if that's the case, Abe... Morris said. She could never make so big success there. A feller like Leon Samet would just as leaf stick a widder as not. Leave her even. Sure, I know, Abe replied. Then why don't someone give her a couple of pointers about that feller, Abe? Morris inquired. Abe nodded solemnly. You know a whole lot about women, Morris, I must say, he commented. You could give a woman pointers by the dozen about a man, Morris, and swear to him with six affidavits yet. And what good would it do? It's like putting a wet paint sign up. Everybody feels the paint to see if it really would be wet. What for a looking woman is she, Abe? Morris asked, with an obvious effort at nonchalance. How should I know? Abe said. I only seen her a couple of times, and anyhow, Morris, I don't take it so particular to look at women like Leon Samet does, Morris. That fellow's a regular Don Quixote, Morris. He, he's all the time running around with women. 
A fellow gotta entertain buyers once in a while, Abe, Morris said. Buyers is all right, Morris, Abe declared. But I guess I've been in this here business long enough that I could tell a buyer from a model. That's all right, Abe, Morris said. Leon Samet may run around the streets with women, Abe, but that ain't saying he's got intentions to marry Mrs. Gladstein. A fella like Leon Samet, which he's crowding fifty pretty close, Abe, ain't looking to marry no widders. Young girls is all them fellas is looking out for, Abe. And anyhow, Abe, what for a match is Mrs. Gladstein to a manufacturer? She expects that she should get another husband, Abe. The only hope for her is some retailer would marry her as a going concern. She couldn't liquidate her business and come out even, let alone with money enough to get married, Abe. She don't gotta got money to get married on, Morris, Abe rejoined. Anyone would be glad to marry such a woman, supposing she didn't got a cent to her name. She's an elegant-looking woman, Morris. Not too thin, not too fat, Morris, and what a face she got it, Morris. My Rosie was a good-looking woman, Morris, and is today yet. But Mrs. Gladstein, Morris, that's a woman which is a theater already. You don't see such a looking woman. She could dress herself too, I bet you. Last time I was in Bridgetown, she's wearing one of our style 4022, which Sam McGandred from us, and calls the Lily Langtree costume, Morris. In a navy shade, understand me? And I don't know nothing about this here Lily Langtree, Morris, but I could tell you right now, Morris, she ain't got nothing on Mrs. Gladstein when it comes to looks. Morris nodded and turned to the contemplation of some cutting slips while Abe made ready for lunch. "'Say, looky here, Abe,' Morris said, when Abe appeared with his hat on. "'I've been thinking about this here, Mrs. Gladstein, understand me? And I come to the conclusion. Why should we give up so easy? Gladstein always done a good business in that story, you understand? And if the wit is such a good-looking woman like you say she is, Abe, is an opening for her to attract a big trade in gents' furnishings and hats up there, and at the same time keep the cloak and suit end going. What do you mean attract a big trade in gents' furnishings and hats, Morris? Abe demanded indignantly. If you think the woman's a flirt, Morris, you're making a big mistake. Must a woman gotta be a flirt that she should sell gents' furnishings, Abe? Morris asked with some heat. That's all right, Morris. Abe said with a scowl. A lady ain't looking to sell the gent's furnishing trade, Morris. I know she ain't, Morris replied. But if a woman is good-looking, Abe, naturally she attracts the clothing and furnishing customers. But she don't got to sell those customers, Abe. Her husband can do that. Her husband can do that, Abe repeated. What are you talking about, her husband? Sure, her husband, Morris went on. And especially if a good-looking woman like Mrs. Gladstein were got for a husband, a good-looking man like B. Guerin, understand me? The idea works both ways. Mrs. Gladstein attracts the clothing trade, and B. Guerin sells them, you understand? While B. Guerin attracts the women's garments trade, and Mrs. Gladstein sells them. Abe sat down suddenly and took off his hat. What are you trying to drive into, Morris? he asked. I'm trying to drive into this, Abe, Morris replied. B. Guerin is a good-looking, up-to-date fella, but he's in wrong with that store of his in Mount Vernon. In the first place, the neighborhood ain't right, you understand? And in the second place, Guerin don't attend to business like he should, because he ain't married, and he ain't got no responsibilities. 
to such a fella abe when it comes to taking a young lady on theatre saturday night business is nix even when saturday's a big night in mount vernon abe nodded furthermore abe morris continued if we go on selling be gearin abe sooner or later he'd bust up on us understand me and we're not only out a customer but the least he sticks us is a couple of hundred dollars he owes us two hundred and fifty right now abe since the first of the month already ain't it abe nodded again but you take a young fellow like b gearin abe morris went on which all he needs is a wife to steady him and an up-to-date medina like bridgetown to run a store in but understand me if we could put this thing through abe not only are we doing a mitzvah for all concerned abe but we're making a customer for life you mean morris abe said slowly you would try to make up a match between b gearin and mrs gladstein sure why not morris said it stands in the gemara abe we are commanded to promote marriages visit the sick and bury the dead once more abe nodded and this time he managed to impart the quality of irony to the gesture burying the dead is all right morris he said from a dead man you don't get no comebacks and his relations is anyhow grateful ah uh, but if you'd make up a match between a couple of people like mrs gladstein and b gearin what is it even if the marriage will be a success, Morris, then the couple claims they was just suited to each other, Morris. We don't get no credit for it anyway. On the other hand, Morris, if they don't agree together, they wouldn't hate each other near so much as they hate us. Why should they hate us? Morris asked. Our intentions is anyhow good. Sure, I know, Morris, Abe retorted. From having good intentions already, many a decent, respectable fella goes broke. Morris flapped the air impatiently with his right hand. "'Anybody could sit down and talk proverbs, Abe,' he said. "'I guess I could talk proverbs in my own store, Morris, if I want to,' Abe rejoined with dignity. "'Sure you could,' Morris replied. "'But one thing you got to remember, Abe, while the back number's saying look out before you jump, the up-to-date fella has jumped already and lands on a $5,000 order with both feet already.' I'll tell you, Mr. Perlmutter, it's like this, B. Guerin explained, as he sat in his Mount Vernon store that evening. Money don't figure at all with me. Where is the harm supposing she does got a little money, Guerin? Morris protested. And anyhow, never mind the money, Guerin. We will say for the sake of example she ain't got no money. Does it do any harm to look at the woman? B. Gearin passed his hand through his wavy brown hair, cut semi-pompadour in the latest fashion. There was no denying B. Gearin's claims to beauty. "'What's the use talking, Mr. Perlmutter?' he said, carefully examining his fingernails. "'I'm sick and tired of looking at him. Believe me, I ain't lying to you. If I looked at one, I must have looked at hundreds. The father's was rated at the very least D to F, first credit, and what is it?' To most of them I wouldn't marry, not even the rating was A.A. one even. Such faces they got it, understand me? And the others, which has got the looks, you understand? You could take it from me, Mr. Perlmutter, they couldn't even cook a potato even. Girls which they got D to F fathers don't gotta cook potatoes, Morris commented shortly. B. Gearin shrugged. For that matter, Mr. Perlmutter, he said, I don't take it so particular about my food neither. "'Say, looky here, Gearin,' Morris exclaimed. 
what's the trouble with you anyhow first you're telling me you don't care about money next you're kicking that the good-looking ones couldn't cook you understand and then you say you ain't so particular about cooking anyway what for a kind of girl do you want Guerin? Guerin continued to examine his fingernails and made no reply because Guerin, morris concluded if you're looking for a homely girl but she ain't got no money and couldn't cook understand me i wouldn't fool away my time with you at all such girls you don't need me to find for you b Guerin sighed profoundly you shouldn't get mad mr perlmutter he said if i tell you something why should i get mad Guerin? morris asked i'm coming all the way up here which i'm leaving my wife and boy at home to do so and maybe you don't think she put up a hollow Guerin? so if you wouldn't even consent to do me the favor and look at mrs gladstein Guerin, and i don't get mad understand me why should i get mad if you would tell me something well Guerin commenced it ain't much to tell mr perlmutter i guess you hear already why i'm coming to this country morris elevated his eyebrows i suppose you're coming here like anybody else comes here he said sooner as stay in the old country and be a schnorrer all your life you come here ain't it no siree sir Guerin replied emphatically if i would stay in the old country mr perlmutter i don't gotta be a schnorrer do you know Louis Moses, the banker in Minsk? Morris nodded. That's for me and uncle, which they do, Guerin said. And Zach's the big corn merchant. That's also an uncle. My father ain't a schnorrer neither, Mr. Perlmutter. In fact, instead, I am sending home money to Rushland. Like most fellows which they come to this country, Mr. Perlmutter, my people sends me money yet. He jumped from his chair and went to the safe, from which he extracted two crisp Russian banknotes. A hundred roubles apiece, he said, and his face beamed with pride. So, you see, I don't gotta leave Russland because I'd be a schnorrer over there. No, Morris replied. Then why did you leave, Guerin? So far what I could see, you ain't made it such a big success over here. You couldn't make me mad by saying that, Mr. Perlmutter, Guerin commented. A big success, so to a big failure, it makes no difference to me. It makes a whole lot difference to me morris cried yes mr perlmutter b Guerin went on disregarding the interruption i ain't coming over here to make a big success in business i'm coming over here to forget to forget morris exclaimed what do you mean forget b Guerin ran his hands once more through his pompadour and nodded slowly that's what i said he repeated to forget well i hope you ain't forgetting you owe us now two hundred and fifty dollars since the first of the month yet morris commented in dry matter-of-fact tones b Guerin waved his hand airily i can forget that easy mr perlmutter he said and morris winced but the rest i couldn't forget at all day and night i see her face mr perlmutter and such a face here he paused impressively nah he exclaimed and kissed the tip of his fingers while morris glanced uneasily toward the door her name is miss polanya and her father keeps a big flour mill in korolichevitsi mr perlmutter Guerin went on a fine family understand me and i'm going out there from minsk twice a week when a young fellow by the name lutsky a corn broker yet you understand comes to sell her father's goods again b Guerin paused his left hand extended palm upward in a tremulous gesture 
Suddenly it dropped on his knee with a despondent smack. In two weeks already they was married, he concluded. And me, I'm coming to America. He ain't coming to such a bad place neither, Morris rejoined. Even supposing your uncles was such big machers in the old country. Places is all the same to me now, Girin said. Women too, Mr. Perlmutter, I assure you, Mr. Perlmutter. Since the day I'm leaving Minsk, one woman is the same as another to me. I ain't got no use for none of them. Give fair, Girin, Morris cried impatiently. You talk like a fool. Just because one lady goes back on you, understand me? Is that a reason you wouldn't got no use for no ladies at all? You might just as well say, Girin, because one customer busts up on you, you understand? You'd never try to sell another customer so long as you live. Now this here Miss Gladstein Girin is a lady, which while I never seen this here lady in whistling, you understand, if you will just come out to Bridgetown with me, Girin, I give you a guarantee whistling wouldn't figure at all. Girin shook his head sadly. You don't know me, Mr. Perlmutter, he said. Well, I'm going with plenty shotchins to see young ladies already, Mr. Perlmutter. I assure you my heart ain't in it. People get the impression because I'm a swell dresser, Mr. Perlmutter, that I'm looking to get married. But believe me, Mr. Perlmutter, it ain't so. Then what do you go for, Girin? Morris asked. Shatchins don't like to fool away their time no more as I do, Girin. And you could take it from me, no girl's going to the trouble to fix herself up and make a nice supper for you and the shatchkin simply for the pleasure of seeing a swell dresser, Girin. That's just the point, Mr. Perlmutter, Girin said. A fellow which runs a store like this one and eats his meals in restaurants, understand me, must got to get a little home cooking once in a while, ain't it? Why not get married and be done with it? Morris retorted. And then you can get home cooking all the time. Once more, Girin shook his head. "'Without love, Mr. Perlmutter, marriage is nix,' he said. "'Schmooze!' Morris exclaimed. "'Do you think I got married? I loved my wife, Girin. Oh, so her shtuck, and today yet I'm crazy about her. With a businessman, Girin, love comes after marriage.' B. Girin rose wearily to his feet and shot his cuffs by way of showing impatience. "'What's the use talking, Mr. Perlmutter?' He protested. When I want to get married, I would get married. Otherwise not. He flecked away an imaginary grain of dust from the lapel of his coat and walked slowly toward the door. Are you going home on the New Haven Road or to the Harlem Road? He asked. Morris scowled, and his indignation lent such force to the gesture with which he put on his hat that the impact sounded like a blow on a tambourine. Sean good, Girin he said. I'm through with you. He paused at the doorway and lit a cigar. And one thing I can tell you, Girin, he concluded. Either you would send us a check the first thing tomorrow morning, or we would give your account to our lawyers, and that's all there is to it. He puffed away at his cigar, and he trudged down the street, and he had nearly reached the corner when he heard a familiar voice shouting, Mr. Perlmutter! He turned to view B. Girin, hastening after him. Well, Girin, he grunted, what do you want now? Girin stopped and gasped for breath, and Morris's heart gave a triumphant leap as he noted the anxiety displayed on B. Girin's clean-shaven features. Speak up, Girin, he said. I gotta get to my train. Girin smiled in surrender. 
All right, Mr. Perlmutter, he murmured. Make for me a date and I'll look the lady over. End of section 15